for years under Brian Murray, what was the thing the Senators always needed to get? It was a winger for Jason Spezza. That's right. And the Pierre Dorian era comes in, and this guy looks around the team, and he goes, you know what I need? A center for Bobby Ryan. Mm-hmm. It's the flip side of the same coin. The yin to the yang. <laughs> <laughs> if the winger for Spezza was the beaver, then the center for Ryan is the queen. <laughs> Does that make sense? I don't know. I have no idea what you just said. You're going to have to explain that. <laughs> When's the last me? time you even handled a nickel? And <laughs> oh. why, why am I using that as an analogy? <laughs> there are multiple coins. <laughs> we have not done a podcast in a long time. You dyed it in red. Remember Todd White. Where did Eric Carlson eat last night? It doesn't matter if you ask. It's the Chet and Luke Podcast. Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode Hermie of the Chet Sellers and Luke Peristi Podcast. I am Luke, and I'm joined as always by the man who thought all the tragically hip headlines were about Jared Cowan. It's Chet Sellers. <laughs> How you doing, man? Pleasure to be here. I am also Love happy to be show. here. <laughs> you do, don't you? <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm only back because there's a Pokemon gym next door. <laughs> People kept on throwing lures outside your front door, and I've just got crowds gathered. That's Poke Stops. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Idiot. (laughs) Uh, How you doing, man? How's your summer going? It's been a minute since we got together for one of these. And in that time, I have gone to everywhere except the internet. Good for you. (laughs) I've read a few things. I think the senators did a thing at some point. That's that's very healthy, though, that you've you've, uh, removed yourself both from Twitter and from the Ottawa senators. (laughs) Both things don't tend to get better with time. (laughs) The opposite of wine (laughs) and scotch. Uh, I don't know. I have all those boxes of wine, and I keep trying them every year, and they're just not getting any better. I feel like I've wasted my money. <laughs> That's what you get for uh, buying from the Mark Mathot Estates Winery. <laughs> <laughs> what would Mark Mathot's wine be called? Because the naked grape is already taken. That seems <laughs> that seems perfect for that guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably true. Unoaked. <laughs> Let's get right to it. How worried were you about the various extensions for players like Mike Hoffman and Cody Cece? You know, it's funny because I never thought they were actually going to sign Mike Hoffman, right? Like, I think I've been saying for two years on this podcast that they were going to trade him. Mm-hmm. That's been <laughs> And then finally, Pierre Dorian came up and said, we're not going to trade Mike Hoffman. He's going to be playing in October. And I was like, oh, so I guess we're going to the one-year arbitration <laughs> award with Mike Hoffman. Uh, and then they signed him to a reasonable for both sides deal like which was in my estimation the least likely outcome that could have happened and he's what he's like four years like 20 million dollars basically like five yeah, million a year pretty much something like that pierre dorian's the contract negotiation god because <laughs> i remember, like last year's deal for mike hoffman was something absurd like what 2.4 million or something like that and people looked at that deal and went okay well they're never going to get hoffman on a deal that reasonable i don't even again. think it was that much i think it was like 2.1 yeah something, something really making silly. like alex chase on money <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to score 30 goals it was like look he's only scored what two more goals than Zach Smith last year? So that's got to be that's only worth another three hundred thousand dollars in Zach Smith. Well, that's why. Hey, look, Zach Smith. It's only going up from there. That's why I picked him up in my keeper league. Yeah, um, that dude's on fuego. Yeah, exactly. Zach Smith more goals this year than Connor McDavid. Market. 
Yeah, here's the thing. If you don't like that Mike Hoffman contract, just get out of here. Like, <laughs> well, I don't really know what there is to object to because, um, and I do love that we're talking about this Mike Hoffman deal. It's like people have been waiting to hear <laughs> yeah. about this six-week-old Mike Hoffman deal. <laughs> you can't even fault the length because he's done when he's like 31 or something. Like they're paying for his prime. <laughs> yeah. And then they can kind of, you know, move on after Guy Boucher has long been fired and wrung all the offensive uh, gifts possible out of Mike Hoffman. I have the day after on uh, TSN 1200 where you just have six hours of guys trying to find different ways to say, this is a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> End of analysis. Yeah, that's what's so great about the P.K. Subban trade is that you can, <laughs> like, it, it provides just endless material, mm-hmm. right, to talk about. Whereas the Mike Hoffman deal is like, team makes reasonable offer to good player. It's like, you know, okay. And then if, like, a man bites a dog, that's a story. As Tolstoy once said, all good hockey deals are alike. All bad hockey deals are bad in their own way. (laughs) Uh, So Mike Hoffman is signed. He's now the third highest paid player on the team. Behind the second highest paid player on the team, which is... Do you know who that is? Um, Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson, second highest, which means you know who's highest. (laughs) Dion Phaneuf. Uh, Is it? Actually, no. You know what? Dion Phaneuf is... So wait, so I've... Well, now I've got the whole thing screwed up because I forgot about Dion Phaneuf because I'm still living in a Jared Cowan world. Um, You know who else is still living in a Jared Cowan world? The Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, <laughs> uh, what is it? Day sixty-one of Jared Cowan buyout. Watch? I love it. I'm getting oh. the T-shirts made. Oh, there's been so little news coming out of that process too. Like they've really got that thing clamped down. I know, and yet the specter of Chris Russell just hangs over the proceedings. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy waiting for someone else's legal troubles to yeah. clear up. Must be like trying to marry your girlfriend who's still <laughs> working through a divorce. <laughs> no, the highest-paid player at this point, I thought, was Bobby Ross. Yeah, Bobby Ryan. I think it was Bobby Ryan, Dion Phaneuf, Eric Carlson. Then Mike Hoffman. Right. See, I feel like if Bobby Ryan is to be the highest paid player on the team, he needs to refresh his Twitter game a little bit. Yeah. Well, because when Mike Hoffman signed that deal, he was like, great deal, buddy. Next Wagyu beefs on you. You know, like <laughs> you're taking us out for dinner, which is like exactly how he was chirping Eric Condra like three years ago when he signed like a two year deal. Hey, to be fair, those bingo roots run deep between Condra and <laughs> Mike Hoffman. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, you know, I mean, he's it's technically proficient, but we've seen it before. Like when Bobby Ryan came in hot, it was like, wow, this guy's even got great Twitter material. And mm-hmm. then it's like just kind of the same movie moves over and over. Like, I feel like I'm watching a Wes Anderson movie at this point. I'd like the guy to mix it up if he's going to be making so much money. Anyway, good luck, Bobby Ryan. Have a good year. We even got you a new center who shoots... Who, who, what is it? Is um, He's left-handed. He's left-handed. Yeah. We even got you a left-handed center. No excuses now. It used to be the time that, you know, a left-handed person would be considered the work of the devil and you'd have to force them to write with their right hand and otherwise regard them with suspicion. See, I feel like now that Bobby Ryan Ryan has a left-handed center, it means this year he's going to break his other thumb <laughs> for some reason. We're going to have a whole new era of Bobby Ryan injuries to worry about. How did we get that center anyway, whatever his name is? Well, so here's the thing. If you are a 22, 23-year-old hockey player who has not yet signed a long, long, long-term deal... Do not buy a house. (laughs) (laughs) Buying a house when you're still on your base, not your entry level contract, but basically your first contract after that. Mm -hmm. Buying a house until you've got like that five year deal, seven year deal. That's like the cop that's like two days from retirement. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> just talking about how, how he and his old lady are going to sail down to, you know, see the Mexican Riviera on their new boat. And then, like, he gets iced in the first five minutes, right? Uh, poor Mika Zavanajad. He should have never bought property on staying in Ottawa forever drive. <laughs> uh, it's like, if you haven't if you haven't signed that Eric Carlson deal, do not buy a house. Right? You're like, you're just tempting fate. Anyway, good luck to you, Mika Zibanejad. You were traded to uh, the New York Rangers for six years older Derek Broussard. Um, I have no idea what to make of this guy other than New York Rangers fans seems to like him. And he kind of looks like Bobby Ryan's brother a little bit. So one of the concerns I heard about that deal was that Zibanejad's 23, Broussard is 29. Um, the Senators are really buying at peak Broussard mm-hmm. and possibly even past peak Broussard. Whereas Zibanejad still has one to grow on. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true, though. Like, I know if we've been calling for years. It's like, oh, every year Zibanejad has gotten a little bit better, a little bit better. But we've been calling that Zibanejad breakout for a couple of years now. And it's, uh, I think we're kind of seeing peak Zibanejad or pretty close. Like, I don't think he's an 80-point guy. You think he's going to have, like, 60 points one year and that'll be it? Yeah, I think, like, for the next couple of years, you could actually, Broussard and Zibanejad might actually be more or less, you know, 60-point guys. I don't know that it's going to be a huge difference. And Broussard's a local boy. Oh. Right? Well, that changes everything. <laughs> I did like the fact that, like, Mark Mathot immediately got on the Twitter to contact Derek Broussard. and was like, yo, my boy Brass yeah. is back in town. Started playing that Thin Lizzy song. Well, those guys are off-season buddies, right? I mean, not only are they both local, they hang out in the off-season. They both play together in Columbus. So, I mean, I guess my biggest concern with this deal is that Broussard is not going to have more time to spend with Mark Mathot uh, chugging Naked Grape. It's going to be... <laughs> It's going to be a whole new era at Crazy Horse. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. They'll both come down with the same mysterious hip injury. And that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> Bring me up a couple uh, cases of one-day flu. <laughs> I don't think Mathot needs to go to the Crazy Horse anymore, because I think he actually built one like as a, as a wing of his house. Like, uh, no, good. Uh, have a great season, Mark Mathot. Uh, better than last year's anyway. <laughs> I do kind of feel for Derek Broussard because, I mean, sure, he's from here, but if I was from Ottawa, a city which I love, but I'd, you know, worked and toiled away and the fruits of my labor were that I had a sweet place in New York City, I'd be pretty happy about that. (laughs) You know, you're like, I like New York, good team. I can feed passes to Mark Zuccarello. What the hell is that guy's name? Matt Zuccarello. Matt Zuccarello. I was like, Mike Zuccarello? (laughs) I think he's Danish, whatever. I think he's Norwegian. Okay, Scandinavian of some description. What? Do I look like I'm made of hockey DB? You look like you're made of racism right now. look like. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's all the same. All white people look the same to me. All those white, blue-eyed people. Dude's got a condo in New York, gets a call, and is like, guess where you're going? Back to Ottawa. But see, he lives here. Like, his off-season home is here. So now he gets to move into the house that he already owns. He doesn't even have to do anything other than say, oh, wait, I really only spend the summer here. I should probably get some rugs or something like that. Dude's looking for snowblowers on Kijiji. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I remember watching the 24-7 a few years ago when they did the Rangers. Mm-hmm. And you, they were actually showing a bunch of guys who, like, would take the subway to Madison Square Garden for the game. And I was, kind of, I was like, 
like doesn't really work as well in Ottawa. Like, you're kind of <laughs> like I'm, I'm sure you have a nice car. But you're 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 gonna need it, right? Oh, I love. Oh, can that's got to be a bit though. Oh. Just imagine who comes from that. Like Kyle Turris sitting on an OC Transpo bus next to like two guys drinking cheap yeah. booze out of a pla- <laughs> out of a paper bag. Yeah, well, I mean, ideally you do go to the game a little bit before the crowd. Just, when you're you like, play. <laughs> like ideally you're there by four or five at the latest. Being like, ah, Turris sucks, no. man. The guy, the blue collar guy who might actually take the bus to the game is Mark Borbietsky. But the reason why he wouldn't is because he can walk to the. Yeah, arena. he lives in Stittsville. <laughs> he lives. He lives in Canada. He can. He can just show up whenever. I'm looking forward to seeing Thomas Shabbat on the slow creep for Mark Borbietsky's job. Yep, I'm very down with that. Even like Mike Costco on the slow creep for Mark Borbietsky's <laughs> job does not feel like Guy Boucher is going to be all in on the borough ship. I will always look back fondly on Mika Zibanejad, if only because he was the reason I went to stages for the first time. <laughs> Which started a lifelong love affair with stages for you? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty much there every Wednesday now. But <laughs> Kingston's most pissed-on ATM. Had that great video where he DJed for, I think, Cody Cece's dog's birthday. I think that's right. Just holding a puppy, like, scratching some <laughs> vinyl. Like, he wasn't even scratching. He basically just stopped one record and faded hard into the next yeah. one. No, no, you're, that's what you were waiting for. You were waiting for the build and then to drop the beat. And then, like, he didn't have the thing queued up properly, and he just was like, oh, okay. And he just flipped the fader to the other side. It was playing, like, I don't know, Fleetwood Mac or something. Like, it wasn't, wasn't working at all. So, and the worst part for him, although maybe it'll help him up his game, is he's in a much more competitive DJ market now. That is true. Now that he's in the uh, New York area. He's basically going to be gifted that second line spot, but who knows where he's going to be DJing out of. Uh, but it does signal, finally, that the the rebuild is officially over. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> right? Yeah. He was... Once you start trading the crown jewels of your original tank yeah. job, it means you're done. <laughs> he, was, he was the crown jewel of the tank job. And now the only first-round pick left from that draft is Matt Pumple. But thankfully, we don't need to rebuild anymore. The rebuild is done. Mm-hmm. So this is year five of the rebuild. This is when all the ducks come home to roost, or whatever that expression is. So, you know, it's going to be smooth sailing from here on out. But what's the last What's the last player that the Senators traded kind of like at, you know, that stage of his career? That's the thing Ottawa doesn't generally do. Like, we know that we need our, like, young players who are cheap to stay competitive, so we generally don't trade them. Yeah. I mean, maybe the only other one recently, or not recently, but kind of, to me, it's kind of like when the Senators traded Nick Foligno. Oh, yeah. A little bit. I think Foligno Foligno was an RFA, so it would have been like if they'd waited maybe one more year with Zibanejad, and Mm -hmm. they need to sign him to a new deal. But Foligno was, again, he was like kind of a 50-point guy. And you were kind of like waiting for Nick Foligno's big breakout year. <laughs> I don't know if anybody was waiting for Foligno's breakout year. I was waiting for him to do something other than run the goalie every time he was in the <laughs> offensive zone. Fair enough. Uh, but he got away with it most of the time, and now he's the captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> Which, you know, I think that's fine. <laughs> no one is... That's that's another weird trade that no one complains about. The, the re, People will complain about the weirdest trades. Nick Foligno for Mark Bethot, 
everyone's cool with it. Jakob Silverberg and spare parts for Bobby Ryan. Like Jakob Silverberg yeah. is basically Jesus to yeah. people. <laughs> I or, don't understand it. Or basically taking a bunch of dead assets and turning them into <laughs> consolidating your dead into one at least marginally useful <laughs> veteran defenseman. The worst thing that's ever happened. Oh my god, can you believe it? In three years that's going to look terrible. It's like, so that's three years we don't have Jared Cowan. <laughs> <laughs> who looks terrible now. <laughs> It's about the mistakes. I saw somebody. He's not I saw somebody post on Twitter. It's like, who played this worth, Kamarov or Cowan? And it was this thing. It was this <laughs> sequence where Jared Cowan was basically controller unplugged, drifting <laughs> back through the center of the ice when Kamarov had a breakaway down the down the wing, and Kamarov had a wide open look at the net and still shot it. I know, from just like, like wait right into the trash protector. <laughs> still, yeah, from like the blue line. Yeah, and Cowan was nowhere near him the entire time. Uh, and it's like you know who Yo, who wore it worst. Everyone knows that on a one-on-one you play the pass <laughs> <laughs> and and no i saw somebody was like well maybe cowan was just uh trying to give craig anderson an open look <laughs> it like, uh, yeah it's the it's the defense he's not playing exactly <laughs> it's like jerry Cowan was great at giving craig anderson an open <sighs> look for most of the time he played in ottawa <laughs> so we talked about mike hoffman's deal but what about cody cc's Cody, I, this is another deal where you kind of have to... I'm glad we're not on the radio, mm-hmm. because how on earth could you spend three hours saying, it's a fair bridge deal for Cody CC? <laughs> <laughs> I also would like to consider that deal as, like, things we learned from Jared Cowan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that that's definitely a post-Cowan era <laughs> deal for a defenseman. Yeah, which at least is proof that the Senators are, are you know, they may make mistakes, but I Ideally, they only make them once, right? They've that that Jared Cowan deal really was the maybe when you're a kid and you're like, well, that burner can't be that hot, right? You only do it once. Yeah, there's two types of people in this world: people who will learn from mistakes of others, and people who just have to pee on the electric fence for themselves. (laughs) And Jared Cowan was that electric fence. Jared Cowan was that electric fence. (laughs) But yes, it was a reasonable deal, and in two years, he will either be entitled to a fairly handsome raise or or we will all be able to move on with our lives. Because I, it turns out Dion Phaneuf is not the answer for Cody Cece. I like the idea that if and when Cody Cece gets uh, another more expensive, longer-term deal, it's because he's earned it. I'm, right. You know, like, I don't think... Uh, you know, Cody Cece is obviously a very uh, talented guy. He's got, a, he's got a good skill set. I'm not sure he's put it all together yet. And now he's got two years to figure it out. There you go. Do you, so you've got... Curtis Lazar needs a good season. Curtis Lazar, who spent most of the summer um, on Twitter showing off... Like, and now he's showing off his workouts. But before it was just, hey, I'm playing golf again today. <laughs> and... I was kind of like, at this point, you have sort of the golf to performance ratio of like a six-term Republican senator. Like, you need to do something before we care that you're playing golf all the time. Like, you know, talk about mailing it in. Yeah. How's your short game in front of the net? Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like Curtis Lazar, we've all been like, oh, he's such a charming lad. But at this point, I almost feel like it's a defensive strategy if he continues to not score goals. You're not just, fooling anyone, Curtis. Just so that nobody turns on him. Yeah, let's know? see you hit double-digit goals before yeah. you uh, show us your drives. This is this is definitely a big year for Curtis Lazar. Mark Mathot needs a good season. Bobby, Bobby Ryan, Ryan needs, needs a good season. But he's got a left-handed center now. You th- how, do you th- how do you feel about Cody Cece having a good season? You think the fact that he's going to be with Dion Phaneuf for the whole year is going to put it all together? I'm really hoping that those two have a good year, not only because it will validate the Dion Phaneuf is what Cody Cece needs thing, but if it turns out Dion Phaneuf is not what Cody Cece needs, that's also bad news for Dion Phaneuf. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> it's like if that guy ends up playing with Chris Weidman at some point, that's not good.
So some other news. Wait, is this significant hockey news? I Well, it might be. It might be. Did you hear that uh, Daniel Alfredson retired? Get out. <laughs> is that why he's not on the team anymore? And not, I thought we traded him. And not only did he retire, but now his number is following him too. <laughs> well, that's just very derivative. <laughs> so, so he will be the first modern era senator to get his number retired, which I don't think anybody saw coming. <laughs> My only problem with the announcement was that it wasn't followed by a similar announcement that you would be retiring some of your jokes. <laughs> Look, am I ever going to retire my jokes? Probably not. <laughs> uh, so yes, they are retiring Daniel Alfredson's number. They're doing it on Detroit Red Wings night. And I'm not sure if that's because they want to involve the only other team he's ever played for or whether they just really want to make it clear that he's a senator forever. He only loved us. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of like having a ceremony to renew your wedding vows, but um, making a point to ensure that Barbara in accounting that you had that one sort of fling <laughs> with on a business trip once is also there just to demonstrate yeah. that it's over. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing is deeply weird. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend to understand it. I know. It's some real adult stuff, I can I tell would, you that. It, well, it's true, and, and relationships get more complicated the older you get. Uh, but I would love for the Red Wings to to have a little side thing where they like give him a give him a ham or something like that. I thought they were just going to come out and have like Dan Cleary also wearing the number 11. <laughs> Be like, this is how much uh, this number means to us. We're going to give it to this 37-year-old guy who's terrible. So they've got 11 retired, they've got number 8 retired, mm -hmm. and that's probably it until Eric Carlson retires a lifetime senator, which he definitely will. I do like the idea that Ottawa has created like a committee to decide who should get their number retired, and their first meeting was just like, all right, the issue on the table, should Daniel Alfredson have his number 11 retired? All those in favor, unanimous. All right, adjourned. Pizza's in the hall. <laughs> that was the first meeting. Mm. Did we really need to convene a meeting of Ottawa's greatest minds to determine that, yes, <laughs> Daniel <laughs> MFing Alfredson yeah. is going to have his number 11 retired? Does this set a dangerous precedent? If right. we let him in, are we then duty-bound to let in every other 11-year captain and franchise legend who leads the Senators in pretty much every statistic? category except games played by one chris phillips you can see yourself out it's a slippery slope a slippery slope oh yeah exactly so there you have it folks um six weeks of sends news crammed into half an hour or less six weeks of sends news and four minutes of legitimate insight <laughs> Um, we'll be back in a few weeks with a season preview because God knows that we're the only people whose insight you trust. Yeah. So don't read any of those other blogs. Don't listen to other podcasts. But if you don't want to know what's going to happen this season, if you want to be surprised, don't listen to our preview. I'm not sure that's how I would try to sell that, to be honest. Is don't give people reasons no, not to No, because listen. then it'll be like, oh, it's just as the Oracle foretold. When, you know, Dion Phaneuf finally gets Cody Cece going. As we all knew he would. Yep. Uh, all right, folks. See you in a few weeks. Have a good time. And thanks for listening. Can see you that? later. I think you thank, thank, Can you use thanks can, for listening? Is thanks for listening. Has anyone said that before? I don't know if anyone has ever said thanks for listening before. You could probably use that. Is that mine? Is that, the, is that the Luke? Is that my official Luke sign off? That's now? the official Luke sign off now. All right. Thanks for listening. Have a blessed day.
hours for a couple of hours who both still live with their moms. Breaking the town's local hockey team down, some microphones on. No other podcast was finer, or was more of a hit with the big rig diners. We never thought they'd make it past episode five. Whoa, somehow these dudes named Shed and Parisi are alive. Whoa, whoa, whoa. One thing I wrote down the other day about Chris Phillips, and I don't know why I thought this would fit in anywhere. <laughs> That's the greatest sentence uh, I've ever heard on this podcast. Was was that starting your own line of beer is kind of like the dad version of bottle service. <laughs> and I don't even know if that makes any sense. What do you think bottle service is? Well, bottle service is when you buy the when you're in a bar and you buy the entire bottle, right? And then you you serve it to yourself. Bottle of what, Chet? <laughs> Explain bottle service to me, uh, man who's been to clubs you know, lately. It's it's when you own what you're sipping, you know. <laughs> and uh, what better way to do that than to start your own line of of beer? And also, Chris Phillips. I don't know. You've seen the senator's hometown thing lately, right? Where mm-hmm. they get in an RV and they go to a Canadian Tire somewhere in the country and. Yeah. Yes. people. Yeah. Arden so, Pryor. So Chris Phillips <laughs> went to a bunch of those with, I think, Mark Stone and Nick Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love the pictures of Nick Paul because he looks like <laughs> a guy who was in 4-3 and got stretched into widescreen. Um, and Chris Phillips went on that. And I was like, yeah, I know you're recently retired, but you're still retired. Right? Like, how at some point, you have to kind of stop hanging around with the players, you know? It's kind of like somebody who graduates from high school and doesn't go to university right away and is still kind of hanging around after school when school starts again. And first, first of all, respect my privacy. <laughs> and it's sort of like, okay, yeah, we all know you, but this is getting kind of weird. Like, you have to move on and do something else. Like, so you think so? You think Chris Phillips thinks he's cool. Even just like a Votech <laughs> situation or something. Like, you need to like get or learn a trick. Trade if, you, if you're not interested in enrolling in a full university uh, program. Take some distance courses. Yeah, exactly. You know, or travel. <laughs> For the love of God, Chris Phillips, maybe you should travel. He did in an RV with Mark Stone and Nick Paul to Arn Pryor. Yeah. Get with it. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Chris Phillips's gap year was an afternoon. So.